It takes more than being a great engineer to be an employed engineer. Oof. This is Soft Skills Engineering, episode 344. I'm your host, Dave Smith. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice podcast for software engineers of all employment levels. And I guess this is my way of just saying sorry to all those who have lost employment recently. However, with some of the severance packages that I've seen advertised, it might be a little while before you actually lose income, like several more months. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're going to get laid off, being handed a big pile of cash is not the worst way. Right. There are worse ways to get laid off. And some people definitely get those worse ways. Not everybody gets those those juicy severance packages. That's true. It's rough out there. Also, I've I've recently learned just uh, for your fun and knowledge that a huge proportion of people laid off from some of these big headliner tech companies are actually not software engineers. I saw someone do an analysis and they concluded that it's actually a not even a majority. In fact, something like 20% or something, which I found hmm. surprising. I guess it kind of makes sense if a lot of the growth, I think for example, Amazon grew enormously but they probably didn't double their engineering team. A lot of it was maybe on the logistics or warehouse side or something like that. Yeah, maybe. All I know is it makes perfect sense to comfort my own biases that you would not want to lay off engineers. Yeah, surely we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's the message here. Surely <laughs> surely everything is fine yes. as it has been in the past. As it always has been and always will be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to thank our sponsor, This episode is sponsored by Compiler, which is an original podcast from Red Hat discussing tech topics, big, small, and strange. You'll hear more about them later. All right. I want to thank our patrons who are contributing at the level where they get a one-time shout-out. They are Joe Grossberg. Grossberg, probably. Sorry, Joe. And our weekly shout-outs are Anthony Ongaro, Kent C. Dodds, Oladapofadiye, Monkey Face Emoji, I Love Mavis, Santa Hopar, Jonathan King, Connie Lee, Bartek Tekkowski, Nick Cantor, Ira Chan, Jenny Kim, John Grant, Ganon Denhuten, Ohio. Not to be confused with Kashokton, Ohio. Uh, Kyle Boz, Braden Keynes, The Stochastic Parrot, Valentin, A Data Fold, Cody Sale, Noah Fraser Logue, Will Angel, Travis Sanders, Ernga, <laughs> Andres Reales, Alice Jost, Nick Hathaway, Craig Motlin, Owen Chartle. Testing is documenting.org, patron.com.au. We're hiring, and Philip John Basile. If you'd like to join this crew, go to softskills.audio, not scoffskills. Although I just, Jameson, I just thought of a spinoff podcast. All right. About scoffing. <laughs> to the domain name registrar. Okay. <laughs> Quick. <laughs> Onward to the domain name. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to join these folks, go to softskills.audio and click the support on Patreon button. And a big thank you to everyone who's done that. I'm looking up Ganandin Hooten, Ohio, and it's possible that one one thousandth of the population of that whole town is a is a Patreon supporter. Oh, it's a real place. Look at that. A small little place. I'm sure we pronounced it. I'm sure I pronounced it wrong. Yeah, but on the upside, it's not like there's that many people from there to get mad at you for pronouncing it wrong. So <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, sh- should I read our question? Yes. All right. This is from a listener named Raymond. I'm a senior front-end engineer at a medium-sized tech company. During the good times of limitless tech growth, a common way for engineers to grow our impact was to find ways, important criteria at many companies for promotion, was to find ways to lead, manage more people, whether this was becoming a manager and having more direct reports or becoming, becoming a tech lead and mentoring more people, especially interns and junior engineers. 
Now with many companies doing layoffs and hiring freezes, mine included, teams simply aren't growing and there just aren't as many people to, quote, impact. What are some other ways we can have more impact and grow my leadership skills? Both for hitting promotion criteria, but also for my own growth as an engineer that would like to be a manager or staff engineer someday. Ah, yes. I have heard so much about this recently. Have you heard about this trend, Jameson, or this kind of trend reversal of recent months? The trend reversal of, of teams not growing or of that affecting kind of promotion? Yeah, so and... just, I guess, both. You know, the fact that most company, most tech companies at this point are not on the same aggressive growth trajectory that they were two years ago. Yeah. And so the obvious way to show impact is gone. You know, the obvious way used to be, 47 engineers do my bidding. I am so impactful. <laughs> yeah. Know? And now it's everyone's gone and I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know how to demonstrate my impact. The one number I had. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just point to a number of dollars. Like, right. look, my revenue. Yeah. my re <laughs> The revenue I brought in when I hit my sales quota. Or often you can't. It, yeah. Know, that's, most, that's the dream. Most of the time in, you can't. In some ways, but yeah, it's, it's, it's more disconnected than that. Hmm. Well, to answer your question, I've heard of the first concern of, yeah, like growth has, has slowed. I haven't heard about the second one specifically, but it does make sense. And I, I mean, I, I've lived this. So when I was at a big tech co and I was looking for promotion opportunities, I remember like for front and center on my promotion material was the number of engineers that I had helped grow the organization to. It was just so tangible and so concrete, you know, it was, but it was also artificial, you know, it's like, Hey, I hired all these people. It's a brand new area of the product. And I had essentially free money coming in to pay their salaries. And so yeah. it was very easy to hire them and grow influence. But but is it really influence? Did I actually influence those people? You know, did I actually influence the product in a way that actually generated business or value? You know? And, and it's also like, really, somebody else couldn't have also hired people with free money? Like, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Here's $4 million. It's tough to show. Yeah. It's <laughs> tough to show how that is like unique to you specifically. Look, I like, took your $4 million and I bought a whole <laughs> bunch of Nikes. Look at all the impact and influence I had on these shoes. <laughs> they are beautiful. Yes. Sneakerhead thought leader. Yes. <laughs> I think you are asking yourself this question Probably your company is asking itself a similar version of this question, mm -hmm. which is like, wait, without free money, how do we grow? How do we do anything? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is not a unique problem to you. This is one of the one of the kind of trickle down effects of of changing tech climate. It seems like actually in the United States at least, the economy seems to have had some encouraging signs, but I, I think there's certainly been a shift in in Tech is not back where it was a year ago, for sure. Yeah. Maybe it's a bit of a, a realization less than a change in, in material conditions. So ask your CEO what their plan is for your company and then do that to show, but for your career. <laughs> to show impact. that's my advice. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. How are you going to grow the company with, or how, how are you going to show impact from the company without endless free money coming in? Yeah. And how would I do the same thing? Right. <laughs> And your CEO might very well say, my job for the next two years is to keep this company from dying. That's hard to, I mean, it's hard to get a promotion because you survived. <laughs> yeah. 
probably your CEO won't say that, even if they're thinking that's that. true. Because <laughs> that's true. <laughs> they they like to speak in more inspirational terms about the unique opportunities ahead of us, but that is very possible. <laughs> oh man, there's also, I mean, that is kind of a flip side here, where if there are layoffs probably the total amount of work has not decreased. Like there's there's more stuff to do. And certainly not the per capita amount of work, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like there's uh, there's opportunities for impact out there. It might be more like take over this thing that, that the team was laid off for or, I don't know, step in and fill some of the gaps that have been created. Yeah, like head off disaster. Like, oh, hey, I just found out an entire team disappeared. There is now a piece of software running yeah. without attendant attendance. And they had a process where they had to restart it every two weeks where it crashed. And I just found out about it. And today is day 13 of 14. <laughs> Their software gets tired, right? Like it needs to rest like we all do. Yeah. And we all get two days at the end of every week. Yeah. <laughs> Think of how tired the garbage collector is. It's been running nonstop. All that garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, the problem is the garbage collector isn't doing anything. And that's why it has to be restarted every 14 days. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It gave up. Uh, It was laid off. The garbage collector was laid off. (laughs) I was just thinking about all of the memory that is supposed to have been freed, but there's this lingering reference to it somewhere so the garbage collector doesn't collect it. And instead, we put in place a process <laughs> to restart it. I mean, I think that's called Ruby in like 2007. Yeah. Restart the process every every 100 requests. Yeah, every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that is that is a real thing. A lot of these yep. container services that run these languages in, in all, in many forms, not just Ruby, but they actually have a configuration where you can specify how many web requests you want them to handle before restarting the process. I'm like, why does, this, want to get why them does this exist? Overwhelmed. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's because, I mean, turning it off and on again is a universal solution it at is. all levels of abstraction. Yeah, everywhere so. on the stack. It makes sense. Yeah. I had an idea and then I started talking about Ruby. <laughs> oh, what was my idea? Well, okay, uh, here's, here's my idea. Ah, I knew In it. In this time of constrained resources... If you can show impact on revenue or increased efficiency, like large impact on cost. Cost reduction. You can show you're doing more with less or the same amount with a lot less. Yes. Or somehow, despite the downturn in in, in tech in general, here's like, look, this part is going better because of me. Look at all my my revenue. Um, I was going to say the exact same thing. Always important, but it's going to be more important now. Um, I was just going to say the exact same thing. Take all those charts that you've been using to show your impact where they go up and to the right. You got to mm-hmm. do a total paradigm shift and find cost charts that go down and to the right. That's what you need now. Yeah. I mean, especially in, in startups, growth is always more attractive than cutting costs because there's this vague idea that like, and we'll figure out how to cut costs later once we grow enough. But it's it's, I don't know, if you can go clean up a whole data center worth of of instances in, in a cloud somewhere that weren't important then but now are are that's a very tangible impact you can show sometimes it's easier to know like what specifically can i do to cut costs i i i think if you're talking about promotion and and growth though it's going to have to be on the order of like hundreds of thousands of of dollars like if you go turn off a service that costs 60 bucks a month i don't know nobody's going to care so 
the magnitude will will need to be large, but it's possible. It's yeah. possible those opportunities have not been explored yet because of it wasn't worth it before. Now it is. Yes, absolutely. And I do not underestimate the value in this economy of reducing your company's costs because it really can make a big difference, especially if you're a smaller company and you you know things. I promise you, you as an engineer know things about the costs of operating your software that other people probably don't know. And you may be assuming that the costs are the way they are and they've been carefully reviewed and optimized and they cannot be improved. But don't don't make that assumption because there's a very good chance no one has ever looked. Because in the last 10 years, no one had a reason to look, <laughs> you know? Now they do. Yeah. So I, I totally agree with you, James. And I think cost reduction is a huge one. Just go open up your AWS console and start poking around at the bill and asking questions. On the other hand, I'm going to undermine my own advice. Probably the vast majority of your costs are employee salaries. So there, there might be a, a limit to how much, say you reduce your AWS costs to zero. Mm-hmm. Maybe that buys you like, I don't know, another two, month two of count, runway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Those two people that might be not very be happy large, you did though. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now they're uh, back to computing on pieces of paper, like yeah, like it started out as. The other thing, another way you can do this is to identify like whole swaths of things that you are doing that you can stop doing, mm-hmm. um, to invest more in important areas. Often it's it's hard to it, it's painful as well to look at like a project that's been going on for a long time. Or I don't know a product that's that's been invested in and and is doing okay, but but like time to kill it. Asking what if we what if we didn't do this right, and then and then put all that all that effort towards something that seems more important or feels yeah. more successful. And this, I'm just gonna guess that this that kind of question you're asking is maybe above the pay grade of the of the question asker, but that's something you could actually bring to the attention of your leadership, help them understand the cost of operating the software they have, so that they can make decisions about the software they want to have. Yeah, that's that's definitely on your leadership's mind, or it should it be. But is, right? I think your perspective as an operator of the software can be useful as well. Maybe there are, may, maybe the CEO assumes, oh, we we can't get on without the FUBAR service. Right. Like we've we've always had ten people working on the FUBAR service, and you know, really, like I don't know, we could have two people working on it. Yep. And suffer these costs that are worth it. And congratulations, you just like caused that, you know? eight of your coworkers to get laid off. Yeah. Be careful. I mean, that is a possibility. <laughs> Tread cautiously. Okay. Well, I, I, I think, I mean, some of some stuff hasn't changed, right? If you can show impact on business outcomes, if you can show we built this thing and then it, it I don't know, sped up customer acquisition or like the more you can tie it to concrete things, the more important, yeah. the more impactful it is and, 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 and more the more... The better of a case it is for promotion, that's true regardless of it is what is going on in the economy. But you, you, that might be your only option now instead of kind of look at look at all these people I helped hire. Right, exactly. Uh, with that exactly. being gone, look at all these people I helped hire to cover up the fact that I didn't do anything else this year. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it is. It has been interesting. So we've done some hiring freezes uh, or, or slowdowns at my employer as well, and. Boy, does hiring take a lot of time. Yeah. So there is there is some uh, some like added efficiency and focus that comes from saying this is the team we have and we're not going to spend like a quarter of our time growing the team or trying to grow the team. It'll be yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting when that it'll I feel like it'll be like when uh, some of the pandemic restrictions got 
relaxed and and people like went back to parties and had to figure out how to be social again right i feel like some places might have to figure out oh yeah how, how do you how do you interview again? how do you be a like, business do, <laughs> yeah how do we do this hmm. yeah i think the name of the game for the next little while is focus choosing to focus carefully on the areas that yield valuable outcomes and avoiding areas that don't and sometimes it's it's not even a matter of bad versus good it's just high value versus less high value you know and i can't give specific details to this question asker but that's the mindset that i would adopt right now yeah all right have we answered this question i think so good luck have you heard about the podcast from red hat called compiler yes red hat compiler just launched a new series called reroll where they describe different jobs in a software company starting with the cto then architect and more They've not mentioned the office prankster yet, which is a, a miss on their part. It's an essential role at any startup. <laughs> That's true. They also have a series on software technology stacks describing databases, programming languages, front-end frameworks, back-end technologies, and even test frameworks. It's a pretty cool series. Compiler comes to you from the makers of Command Line Heroes and is hosted by Angela Andrews and Brent Simino. Listen to Compiler on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll also include a link to this show in our show notes. Do you want to read our next question, Dave? Yes, I do. Uh, this comes from an anonymous listener who says, I am a very senior engineer at my company. There is an engineer on the team less senior than me, but not under me on the management tree. This person is well-regarded in the organization, but has a strong tendency to over-engineer things. Normally, I don't mind a little over-complexity if it means that the person leading the project is taking ownership and accountability. But with this individual, they tend to be put in a place to make sweeping decisions that broadly impact systems when it's clear that they don't really have a full picture of what's going on. To make matters worse, when I raise these points directly, the person will usually offer to accommodate my concerns by further overcomplicating their solution rather than, <laughs> rather than stepping back and picking an approach more appropriate for the problem. Oh, man. <laughs> ah, what we lack is a generic plugin framework for the yes. concern accommodating <laughs> pattern. <laughs> Off to build that. And then... <laughs> <laughs> the idea will fly free. Oh, and then I just <laughs> realized in order to build that plugin framework, I need a plugin framework framework so that I can <laughs> produce these plugin frameworks more efficiently because I'm constantly needing to create plugin frameworks. Yeah. Isn't it isn't it amazing how easy it is to overcomplicate things? Yeah, and it's fun sometimes too. <laughs> fun I like think a, a lot of the puzzle. appeal. Yeah, like a lot of the appeal of software is is your your you're putting together these imaginary puzzles. You're building these systems and, and I don't know, it's, it's fun to tinker with stuff. And, and I suspect the person you're talking about doesn't think I'm going to overcomplicate this. They, they might think like this abstraction here will make this, this future problem easier to solve or avoid. I don't know. Like they, they probably have a reason, but also it's easy to think of reasons to do stuff you want to do when really like you just want to, do it because it's fun yeah because I, I was like i like working on this i don't care about the outcomes <laughs> yeah i love that you came up with a joke about complaining to someone about them being overly com producing over complex solutions by producing just the exact perfect overly complicated solution ah i'm just relishing in that beautiful thought thank you <laughs> i i i appreciate that dave that makes me feel good you're like you i've thought a joke. lot about this <laughs> 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 i have a couple suggestions one suggestion is a refocusing on getting 
something to production and, and building upon that. Part of what is happening here, I think, is is your coworker is is designing software because they're attempting to anticipate what the requirements are. And that's always hard. And having a, a firm dose of reality in the form of like people or systems using your software in, in a real environment is, is a good counterbalance to your imagination of what the requirements are. Not every problem lends itself to this solution, but it's, I think it it's easier, or it applies more widely than you might think. Like, I don't know, say you're building a database, right? You, you might think, well, it's hard to ship an MVP of a database, but now I have to think of how you can ship an MVP of a database in real time. <laughs> Hang on, give me a second. I mean, and maybe you'll say like, I don't know, we, we need, we want a process running on a server by the end of the day. And maybe it just like pipes everything to dev null, but there's, there's something running somewhere. Like the, the, that feedback loop of, of getting something out and, and iterating upon that instead of trying to, to complete all of the requirements maybe ahead of time or, or, or let me, let me try this again. Hang on. I'm going to use an example at work recently. So a team at work had a project to build and the way they went about building it was like put out a mock of the project and then gradually kind of fill in pieces with real functionality. All right. Where the mock was not, it was not just like a visual, like a, UI mock. There was there's some APIs that had hard coded responses and like things like that. But but at every step of the process, the team was trying to think like, how can we deliver this and and make it more real rather than how, how can we exercise this code in production? And that had a very powerful impact on the design where we ended up doing some pretty different things than we were originally considering that that we thought would be important at the beginning of the project because we realized, oh, we don't need to do this. Turned out, didn't not only were they not important, you didn't even need them? Yeah, we didn't need them. It was good enough without them. Or uh, a new solution that was easier uh, appeared when we when we got into production, that kind of thing. So, so I think I'm rambling a lot, but the point of my ramble is real information about real usage earlier can, can help avoid over-engineering. I agree. I was thinking that anytime this person has an idea that you think is over-engineered, just send them a link to a video of a Rube Goldberg machine. <laughs> that feels a little passive-aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, you could take it as passive-aggressive or you could take it as a real awesome system that, like, you could actually find a whole collection of, like, 10 different Rube Goldberg mach machines from simple to extremely complex and then send them the one that best represents their particular solution today. Yeah, there is a way to do this wrong. I'm going to preface what I'm about to say with that. But okay. constraints in the form of like goals for when to ship by can be helpful here. If you want to ship a thing in three weeks, then there's a limit to how much over-engineering you can do. Ah. This, uh, again, this can turn bad and you can get into just like sprint furiously and never build good abstractions mode and, and uh, just drown in tech debt. Mm -hmm. But- yeah, a, a goal date, I'm not using the word deadline because if you're saying we want to ship in three weeks, that's a thing that you said, so it's not really a deadline. But okay. but that can that can help clarify what's important and, and, and what isn't and, and what you can add later. And depending on the company and, and the problem domain, 
it's possible that one of the outcomes here is like nobody ever uses this thing. Yeah, it is possible. In which case, any like the most important thing to find out is does anyone care? <laughs> um, and and any over engineering is just a huge waste because if the answer is no, then you want to know that sooner than later. True. I, that, I mean, that's if you have like a large established business with a clear need of I, I don't know if you're like updating your your fleet of of servers to a new version of of Linux or something like that, then that's that's not like an MVP kind of yeah. Well, what you're saying yeah, I could over engineer it. What I'm saying is is that's not like a startup like see if the market wants this thing type of situation. But in that case, I would say like I don't know, get one server upgraded today and see what that took and then like don't if if you can't start until it's all done that is a problem are you still there dave i just got a message about being disconnected from the internet all right well have we answered the question i think so i i mean have we it was more of a philosophical question answer, <laughs> answer as you like that was rhetorical <laughs> You're saying your question of have we answered the question was a rhetorical question? Yeah, it was just a polite way to get you to say yes. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm not going to say yes. I'm going to say no because I have another idea. Okay. So we've talked about kind of how to change the the incentives and system around this person. But the time-honored tradition of just talking to them is also on the table. Have you <laughs> <Yeah>. considered saying, <laughs> hey, well, I've noticed... You tend, I think I see a tendency to over-engineer stuff. Yeah, like um, it's it's one thing to say this solution is over-engineered, and it's another thing to say you as a person have a problem. <laughs> you know. Yeah, uh, and that's certainly harder to say. But you are a very senior engineer at your company. I, I think part of the job is to use that super seniority to to lend your wisdom to people and see things that they might not be able to see because maybe this engineer doesn't doesn't see that it's called mentoring right mm -hmm. that's what it is yeah there, there's a lot there about kind of the relationship and trust to build to to make that go over well and yeah. uh we're gonna skip that yeah we'll just assume that's all there already <laughs> yeah i'm sure you'll do great <laughs> but yeah never never underestimate the kind thoughtful direct approach of of I've seen this pattern. Can we talk about it? Yeah, I, I agree. In a way, the fact that you're not their manager, you're not in the management hierarchy for them, but are just very senior, that, that might make this easier because it's not like you coming down on them to get them in trouble. It's more like, a, yeah, you're helping from the side. That's right. And I, and I would couch it in terms of, I'm trying to, or in, couch it in, in um, the motivation of, I want to help you have a more successful career. And I believe that you have a habit that is going, and maybe even a blind spot that is going to limit your success. So this isn't me just coming down on you because I don't like your over-engineered designs, which I don't, but I also <laughs> want you to be successful. <laughs> yeah. All right, now we've answered the question. I'm okay. not even going to leave room Perfect. for doubt. No. I'm certain we've answered the question. 100% certainty uh, achieved. <laughs> Dave, what can uh, what can people do if they want their own questions answered? Go to softskills.audio and click the Ask a Question button where you can fill out our little form. And we must say, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Thank you so much for all the people who submit questions every week. We love you. We love your questions. And you have our commitment to try to answer all the questions <laughs> one day. 
I think we some we might just like try and crank them out real quick on our deathbed though. Yeah. <laughs> quick, pull up the spreadsheet <laughs> with my dying breath. Get out of the way, family. I've already said goodbye. There's something I need to do before I go. <laughs> Quit your job, 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 quit your job. Yeah, maybe we should just answer them in the spreadsheet and just send it out yeah. to the world. <laughs> okay. All right. That sounds like a plan. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next week.